0: money fm 89.3 best of breakfast why it matters on money fm 89.3
1: you're listening to Money FM 89.3 with Adrian Abraham and Linley Fu. Time now for why it matters and the volatile interest rate environment and the recent collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. And the merger of Credit Suisse and UBS Group have led Singapore borrowers to show restraint when it comes to property. Now, while many are taking a wait and see approach, the recent banking turmoil has instead buoyed interest in commercial properties among the ultra-high net worth private buyers.
2: At an upcoming freehold 20-storey office tower on Cecil Street, three strata floors at levels 17, 18 and 20 were sold for $162.8 million. Now, This marks one of the most significant transactions by absolute price since January 2022. The sale of Level 20 at the Solitaire on Cecil at 4300 per square foot set a new benchmark, making it the highest commercial transaction per square foot in Singapore's CBD. Well, the buyer is a local ultra-high net worth family office looking to expand its operations in Singapore.
1: That's right. And real estate company Savills Singapore brokered that deal. To tell us more about this record-breaking transaction and the profile of many such buyers in the commercial property sector, we have on the line Jeremy Lake, Managing Director Investment, Sales and Capital Market Savills Singapore. Good morning. Morning to you both.
2: Morning, Jeremy. Now, according to the latest investment report from Savills, that record-breaking deal comes on heels of tremendous Q1 results for the investment landscape. 100.4% increase on a quarter-on-quarter basis of 5.63 billion investment sales value. Wow, it does seem like the ultra high net worth buyers are the new saviors of the investment landscape. Do share with us your insights into these numbers.
0: I guess the Q4 2022 was a relatively quiet quarter with due transactions while Q123 saw a few large deals. As a result, the Q on Q comparison is a little flattering. I don't think Mm -hmm. uh, the situation has changed dramatically at the beginning of 2023. The current mood is still a bit cautious and the overall deal volume has slowed down over the last 12 months in line with the rise in interest rates. Somewhat similar to a slow puncture, institutional investors are mostly on the sidelines, but the ultra high net worth buyers that you mentioned earlier continue to be active and a key feature of the property market in Singapore at the moment.
1: A recent report from another property company which looked at trends in prime property markets, global wealth distribution and luxury spending showed private investors, uh, which include individuals, family offices and privately held Mm. companies, you know, accounting for 41%. That's around 455 billion US dollars of the 1.12 trillion US dollars of commercial property investments made in 2022. Now, do you see this trend continuing with these ultra high net worth individuals probably looking to invest for the purpose of capital preservation? and appreciation over the mid to long term I mean, what's your take on all this
0: it's an interesting observation and i would agree with that view in as much as it does apply to to singapore the slowdown in the property market here over the last 12 months or so has seen the institutional buyers drift to the sidelines whilst the ultra net worth higher buyers gravitating to the uh, foreground so to speak the uh, high net worth buyers are playing the long game and they're not thinking about selling property anytime soon they're also made, motivated by geographic diversification and wealth preservation and singapore is a preferred market because it is asia's switzerland and a safe haven so the, the private buyers high net worth private buyers are still active whilst the institutional buyers are are somewhat inactive at this point in time. And that trend will probably continue for the rest of the year whilst interest rates remain very high.
2: Now, that astronomical sale of the three office floors of uh, Solitaire and Cecil, then Sebel's big rebound in first quarter sales, are these signs that better days for the economy are just ahead?
0: I guess the real estate market tends to anticipate the future. Singapore not uh, immune to any uh, global economic weakness, and uh, I think the outlook for the next six months or so is a little bit soft economically, whereas uh, real estate investors will think one year, two years, three years ahead. I guess the expectation is that after the current softness, the economy will recover strongly, and uh, the outlook for the next two or three years is encouraging, and that would give investors, particularly the ultra-high net worth investors, confidence to go ahead and invest now.
1: Jeremy, you did mention the sale of Level 20 at salter and cecil at four thousand three hundred and twenty five dollars per square foot you know it's set a new hmm. benchmark making it the highest commercial transaction per square foot in singapore cbd now how is this likely to translate for rent uh, when it comes to tenants down the road
0: i guess prices which uh, investors pay for office space are slightly divorced from the rentals that tenants pay for office space Typically, buyers of strata title office space are ultra high net worth investors, family offices, and see even some some owner occupiers. They're not necessarily looking at the rental yield; they're looking more towards capital pre- appreciation, and as I mentioned, the long game. So, for these buyers, the acceptance of lower uh, yields, if, if rental levels are lower, is much greater than it is for perhaps institutional buyers. I think that uh, we expect the trend for prices for office space to continue edging up uh, over the next 6, 12, 18 months whilst the rental market may face some headwinds and we may see that rental levels Uh, tend to drift uh, sideways so they can move separately i would say
2: we're in conversation with jeremy lake managing director of investment sales and capital market at several singapore jeremy how much linkage is there between how the economy is doing and what you know ultra high net worth individuals are spending on how much do the super rich worry about tightening their purse strings after all the property sector was still resilient during covid19
0: The ultra high net worth buyer is a different breed of buyer. Their financial circumstances are different and uh, their timeframes are different. The motivation to invest in real estate is typically diversification and wealth preservation. As I mentioned earlier, they're looking at the long game and thinking three, five, ten years down the track. In fact, some uh, ultra high net worth investors have said to us that sometimes a bit like buying a painting. Uh, When you buy a very famous painting, you might pay 10 million U.S. or 20 million U.S. dollars, you don't receive any yield on that. Yet when you spend 10 or 20 million U.S. dollars on buying a property uh, in Singapore, for example, then you would uh, achieve a, a yield of 1, 2 or 3 percent perhaps. So that mentality makes them feel comfortable even when property yields are low to invest in, in real estate here. And we would expect that trend to continue. And in fact, grow. I think Singapore's uh, popularity as a destination for both domestic and uh, foreign ultra high net worth individuals is likely to
1: only grow over the coming years. It's worth noting that the Savills report also mentioned that feedback from the market seems to suggest that an increasing number of ultra high net worth buyers do not lodge caveats for their acquisitions. Now, what are the implications on the growth of the investment sales market?
0: At this particular point in time, we mentioned earlier on the volume of transactions was low in Q4 last year, picked up uh, quite a bit at the beginning of, of this year, partly because there were three large uh, retail mall sales, so that kind of distorted the numbers, but generally, we're in an environment where the mood is a little bit cautious, the volume of transactions is, uh, is a little bit low, particularly because the institutional buyers are on the sidelines. So, I would say that uh, the environment we're experiencing now is likely to persist for the coming months. Institutional investors are still concerned about uh, the direction of interest rates and when interest rates will peak. So if they are absent from the market and they're typically the investors who might have $300, $500, $1 billion to spend in their absence, then we are left with the, the ultra-high net worth investors who typically have smaller budgets. And whilst they will continue to be active, size of the deals that they transact is smaller and therefore the implications for the total volume of real estate transactions in Singapore is that we're likely to see lower levels persist probably through to the rest of the year.
2: Now, well, The commercial property sector saw a 230% quarter-and-quarter increase in investment sales in Q1. It's anchored by the transactions of the three malls, namely Jerome Point, Swing by at Thomson Plaza and Next. What do you see in this space, Jeremy?
0: Certainly uh, cash flow driven investors, and I emphasize cash flow driven investors, as opposed to those investors who might be more focused on just capital appreciation. But certainly cash flow driven investors are looking for assets currently which uh, have higher entry yields to to mitigate the high cost of borrowing. In this regard, uh, shopping malls like the three that you mentioned are likely to be flavor of the year, albeit shopping malls are rarely for sale and the (laughs) deal sizes tend to be large. Uh, In addition, I would say the logistics is another flavor of the year sector. Uh, We're likely to see those cash flow driven investors drawn to both of these sectors. I mean, as a reference, entry yields for shopping malls are probably around 4.5% for logistics entry yields are probably in excess of six and a half percent
1: however collective sales have been rather quiet in q4 last year but this sleeping giant seems to be waking up in q1 with three private residential sites transacting for a total of about 584 million dollars now given the current economic challenges jeremy especially on the interest front what is the outlook for developers in terms of collective sales uh, I suppose there's
0: good news and bad news, depending on whether you're a collective sale owner or a developer. But Developers have been able to uh, sell a large number of units over the last year or two. Thus, their inventory uh, has diminished and type to, uh replenish uh, has increased. They can replenish that inventory either by government sites or collective sale sites. And uh, over the years, we've seen plenty of activity, both in government sale sites and also the collective sale market. The problem we have now, which has uh, emerged over the last um, six or nine months, is a price gap, which is definitely holding back the collective sale market. And the three sales that you referred to are, are nice, but not a game changer again, I would say. Uh, typically, the reserve prices set by owners are mostly out of reach developers who are burdened with higher financing rates and higher construction costs. In addition, something new is that the imminent changes to the saleable floor area calculations will further dampen developers' bids for residential sites going forward. So, I fear that we will continue to to face a price gap where reserve prices remain out of reach and developers are unlikely to be able to increase their land bids anytime soon. Thus, the the price gap means that the the volume uh, or the success rate of collective sales is likely to remain somewhat anemic. Currently, it's probably only 30% of those sites launched uh, are successful, therein meaning that 70% are unsuccessful. And that's it. Just to emphasize, it's not because developers don't want the sites. I would say the developers are keen to buy sites, but uh, it's a price gap problem.
2: Always lots to talk about when it comes to property. We've run out of time, Jeremy. Thank you very much for sharing your insights. We've been speaking to Jeremy Lake, Managing Director, Investment Sales and Capital Market at Sebels Singapore. Thank you. Thank
0: you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.